And I know y'all are going to feel like I'm staying on this, and I am. That's where God has us. We're going to stay. We are a culture that is in disrepair. But it's because the church is a church in disrepair. See, maybe, maybe, maybe it's a little unfortunate for me in the way that I see things in this. I don't believe so. I think it's very fortunate that I'm old enough and raised in church long enough ago that I know what it looks like when the church is thriving. I know what communities look like when the church is thriving. And I know what it looks like (coughs) when the church is in a place of desolation. And it is. The church has been in this constant state of decline most all of my life. So how do you know that? Because it looks exactly like the world. The problems of the church are exactly the same problems as the problems of the world. And society around the church is falling and declining because the church is not there to do its job. But here is what I'm fixing to share with you this morning. This is what we have to understand and what God has been dealing with me. This is what God showed me at the beginning of the year. The reason we have a Wednesday night legacy night is because God showed me, we, Jason and Jan and I were talking about the fact that, that throughout all, if you look across the church, if you look across the church, the church has been losing young people for generations. Right. To, to the point that Jan, you was reading some statistics this week. That they, the Southern Baptist Convention put out statistics two years ago that by the time they're 20 years old, 80% of the kids who are raised in the SBC are no longer serving God. Mm-hmm. 80%. That's sad. The number one, the number one religion in the United States of America among people under the age of 40, can you guess what it is? Just take a guess. Wicked. Oh, no. The occult. Yes. Is the number one religion among people under the age of four. Number one fastest growing religion. Fastest growing religion among people under the age of four. Wicked. It's witchcraft. It's the occult. <coughs> See, everybody would come with all kind of guesses. They would have guessed that. But here's what's happened. The church is in ruins. See, I love the book of Nehemiah, but I've seen it in a way this last couple of weeks I've never seen it before. And here's what's going to happen. Your homework, if you'll do it, go home and read the whole book. Read the whole book of Nehemiah. And really read it. Don't just read it so you can come back and say, I read it. Read it. Absorb it. Take some time with it. But what we're going to do is, I'm not reading it all to you, but we're going to go chapter all the way through the book of Nehemiah. I'm going to show you how you restore a people. Because I got news for you. Everybody says, Nehemiah went back to build a wall. No, he really didn't. Nehemiah went back to restore the heart. Now listen to me. And the responsibility of the people of God. Because the wall was torn down for a reason. No, you only heard that. It wasn't that the other, see, everybody has this idea, this imagery, oh, the, the poor Jewish people were just overpowered. They weren't overpowered, they surrendered. 
read through the book of Nehemiah that the wall fell because they surrendered themselves. See, what's happened, and I'm going to tell you something. God has matured me beyond where I used to be with God. And I'm going to show you what I mean by that is. There was a time when I thought we ought to tear down everything that was old school. Wrong. It stood for thousands and thousands of years because it had a quality that was necessary. Let me explain to you what I mean by that. The church did exactly what happened in the book of Nehemiah. We surrendered our walls. So why are we surprised when our children are pilfer? They pilfer our children. When you tear down every single defense around children. Can I tell you that the walls of Christianity are built around the people of God for a reason? Well, we got to be able to go out and minister everybody. Weak people can't save anyone. And why are we saving them too? Oh, they're, they're part of us. Well, what are we? They're on board. On board what? The same problems? The same despair? The same depression? The same anxiety? The same lack? The same worry? They're on board. Well, hot diggity. Now we can all suffer together. Well, we tore the walls down so anyone who wanted to come in could come in. See, the thing that's beautiful about Christianity is it is a Christianity of walls with a great, wonderful door. See, what happens when you tear down all the walls, then the door don't mean nothing. When you tear down all the walls, the door don't mean nothing. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Doesn't mean anything when you tear all the walls down and you can come in any gate you want to. The only reason the door on your house is valuable is because you have walls everywhere else. Come on. There's a fortification process that should surround the people of God. And if you want access to the people of God, you've got to come through the door. The reason we have our children and we're losing our children is because we have torn the walls down and dumped them in a public school system that cares nothing about them and nothing about God. You want to get to our children, you ought to have to come through the door. Well, I don't like this. I don't care. You're going to like the rest of it less. But it's truth. It's truth. It's truth. I remember a time whenever somebody wanted to be a part of the fellowship of the church I was a part of. There was a door they had to go through. His name was Jesus. And he put a change in their life. And he made them want to do things differently than they were doing them before. Want to live differently than they were living before. Let me just tell you something. I don't know. Let me ask you this question. How's what we've been doing working? How's what's been going on for the church working out? Oh, well, they'll like us better. They still hate us. 
The church is more hated now than it's ever been. It ain't like we it ain't like we softened up and they liked us better. It ain't like we changed, it ain't like we tore the walls down and they liked us better. They said, Oh, look at them bunch of dummies. They took the walls down. Let's go plunder everything. All right, let's rock and roll. Y'all better be ready. First thing that happened with Nehemiah, we're in chapter one, we're like I said, chapter to chapter, we're going to go through them. And I want you to read it. I really want you to read it. Because this is how you rebuild the people of God. We're broken. And let me tell you what I'm fixing to say. You ain't going to like this, because I didn't like what God told me. We're broken. When I said in church, I mean us in here. Me, you, we broken. We don't have this figured out. We're not doing this right. We're too submitted to the things that are not of God. I ain't talking about the churches around town. I'm talking about this church. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about the dude who sits between my elbows. I'm talking about the compromises in my life that I've been willing to make that God didn't want me to make. And if you're honest with yourself, you can shake your head yes. Oh, don't worry. I ain't got no choice. I ain't got no choice. And listen, if every person in this room gets mad, gets up, walks out, and, and, and you shoot me the bird on the way out, you have Because I have no choice. I just don't have any option. Because I'm going to tell you the truth. Because I have responsibility to God to tell you the truth. And I love you. And I love the people of God. And I love the church of Jesus Christ. The church of Jesus Christ was my Savior. It saved me. The people I've watched in that church gave me a banner to uphold, a place to follow, footsteps to walk in. Man, I owe it to that church. I owe it to the church I was raised in. I owe it to my father. I owe it to those who came before him. Rick, you owe it to your to your father-in-law. You owe it to those who came before you that showed you how to walk. We don't have a choice. Man, if it was not for the church I used to preach about that I love, I'd be a dead man. First thing happens, Nehemiah gets word from the exiles that Jerusalem lies in ruins. Consider this your word. That Jerusalem lies in ruins. Because until you know that Jerusalem lies in ruins, you can't do nothing about it. Man, I've watched the church over the last 20 years just whistle past the graveyard. Things get worse and worse and worse and worse, and the church does nothing. You say, well, the Bible says in the last days, evil men will act worse and worse. I ain't talking about evil men. This ain't a message about evil men. I'm not saying it's getting worse and worse. I don't mean the world. I don't mean the world. I mean the church. I mean the church has gotten worse and worse. Watching the church world accept things they never should have accepted. In Nehemiah 2, Nehemiah goes to the king who he's the cupbearer for. He says, hey, stuff's messed up at home. I gotta go home. But I need faith. Because let me tell you something, you cannot revive 
people of God without the faith of the king. Amen. Amen. So nothing, nothing that God is to do in this body that God will do through this body is going to happen without the faith of the king. Without the faith of the king. They told him, he said, go get, you, you stop and get whatever you need to build the walls, to build the gates. Gave him the edict, said, just pass through whatever you need pass through with safety. You go home and you take care of what's got to be taken care of. I left something out of chapter one. This is something you just don't see. It grieved the heart of you and I. We're too busy for something to grieve our heart. It said it grieved the heart of Nehemiah over the disrepair that had befallen Jerusalem. He wept for the condition of God's people. When's the last time we wept for the condition of the church of Jesus Christ? We don't. As long as everything's all right on the home front. Listen, you understand something. There was something there in Nehemiah. He said, listen, the world needs the people of God. Nehemiah's life was fine. He was a cupbearer to the king. He lived in the palace. He lived in the palace. Ate whatever he wanted. But his heart was grieved because he knew there was a need for the people of God. I don't even know that the church believes that anymore. That there's really a need for the people of God. Listen, I grew up, we were the answer. What the world needed was Jesus. Amen. Now the churches and churches have developed every type of social program known to man. Come be a part of our 832 small groups. You're bound to find something you'll like. And somewhere it might be Jesus. So Nehemiah, when he gets to Jerusalem, here's the first thing that he what's the first thing that he does? Walks in and makes a great announcement. Here I am, though. But he did. He went and inspected the walls. He went and he said, in, in the, listen, in the, in the in the quiet, without any fanfare, he went and said, let's see what kind of work we got. What needs to be done? So why are you saying that? I'm asking you a question. I'm going to ask you this question. When's the last time you inspected the walls? When's the last time I sat down and actually allowed God to help me inspect my walls? When's the last time I sat down and said, God, help me inspect the security of my family? Security of my children. The access 
to my family? When's the last time I did a real good inspection as to what has access to my home? What has access to my kids? What has access to me? What has access to my family? When's the last time? We don't. Listen, let me tell you something. If you were to pull the, the, the Amazon watch list history of the church and of the world, it'd be the same. Oh, it's okay. It doesn't really matter. We pipe garbage Amen. into our homes. Yeah. You know what I mean? If that is, it's tearing down the wall. Amen. We let kids play games they have no business playing. Watch TV shows they have no business watching. Listen, ain't no enemy tearing down your wall. You took it down for him. Right. Right. Don't worry about it. Come on. Well, my kid likes that. Okay, we might all fix that. I'm going to tell you something. If I am attracted to watch something that is not good for me, I need to check me, not the thing. If my kids are all about wanting to watch sorcery stuff and witchcraft stuff. Hey, let me ask you a question since I just gave you all that statistic. All those kids under that age, over the last 20 years, what's been the most popular cartoons? Witchcraft. Ghouls, goblins. I won't just go there because I don't care if you like it or not. What's the most popular book series? Lord of the Rings. Harry Potter. You don't like Harry Potter? I don't. Not because I don't like it. I don't think it's good for you. You get mad? I don't care. Explain to me why 90% is probably the largest growing religion kids and people under 40 years old is wicked. Our cartoons are that. Magic spells, sorcery. So then when they leave the church because the church isn't answering the questions, what are they going to go to? The thing they're most connected to. Oh, you're just being silly. Suit yourself. Suit yourself. Suit yourself. But I'm going to tell you right now, don't come to me when your kid's 35 years old. They don't have nothing to do with God. It's the same thing I want to tell you that I've told parents that insist that their kids play ball on Sunday. Don't come to me when your kid's 17 and doesn't want to ever be in church. Oh, don't worry. I may run literally everybody out of here by the time I'm done this morning. But the ones that stay, the ones that stay will be Gideon's 300. And bro, that's where I am. I'm over it. I'm over the church nodding and looking the other way so that oh, well, my kids, they just want to do what everybody else does. I don't want my child to do what everybody else does. Because I don't want them to grow up like everybody else. Right. Builders of the Wall, verse chapter 3, goes to all the people who took their section to build. Because see, what you need to understand is, Nehemiah didn't build the wall. The people of Jerusalem built the wall. And I want you to see what I'm talking to you about, because see, the kingdom of God 
the, the, the tribe that I grew up in, everybody built their wall. There were people, though, I'm going to explain something to you where, where you can really get it. This is why it matters. Because there were people in our lives that my mom and my dad could allow us to go to their home. Because they had the same wall built that they had. Amen. See, the reason why it's the community, it's the tribe, it's us in here. The reason you all and I, we all have to build our section of the wall is because everybody in this room should be able to depend on you that your wall stands for the same thing their wall stands for. The kingdom of God, the, kingdom, the, the church of Jesus Christ used to be a series of individual walls that connected with the same testimony that said, devil, you can't come in here. So everybody had their section. Everybody went to work over the wall. How do you rebuild a people? How do you go rebuild the, the church of Jesus Christ? Everybody got to build their section. You say, well, I don't know if my section will look the same. It will if you use the same blueprint. You got to use the same blueprint. The reason the church is so disheveled and crumbling is because nobody uses the same blueprint. get a drink of water. Y'all just stay quiet. Y'all doing a good job. <laughs> Chapter 4. The work of God is made fun of and ridiculed. She think you ought to do something. A fox run across that wall and would collapse. Y'all ain't building nothing. You ain't having no impact. You're not having any effect. You're not doing anything. You're just up there, well, you're just up there talking and doing and thinking you're doing something, but nothing's happening. I mean, they come to, they come to, uh, to, to uh, Nehemiah and them and said, listen, what do you think you're doing? What do you think you're doing with a project this size? Let me tell you something. When you begin to rebuild the word of God into your life, you're going to be ridiculed. Yes, and a lot of it's going to be by people in your in your own circles. Yes. I remember when you used to be fun. <laughs> I remember we used to go to Bob. Let's let me tell you something. If you're a young person in here, anybody tells you going out partying and getting drunk is fun, they're lying to you. Yeah. Let me tell you how that always works out. You get drunk, you wake up, you have a headache, you're puking, you're miserable. But God. Been there, done, got the t-shirt. Brian, right. is there anything fun about that life? No. You ridicule. What do you think you're doing? Think you're special? Yes, I do. I do. I do. I'm a child of king. My daddy's the king of the universe, and he has expectations on my life. So you act like you think you're better than me. I, I am. I have nothing wrong with your kids knowing that they're better than other people. That's right. Because they serve a different God. Yeah. You know how I know I'm better than people? I'm better than I was. Yeah. I'm much better than what I was. 
You say, well, you act like that's something to be proud of. It is, because I'm proud of my God. Because I'm proud of my God. You act like that you just know what everybody's supposed to do. I do. I absolutely know what everyone is supposed to do. It's hard for you to do as it is for me, but it's follow the word of God. I, I know the answer. It's not my opinion. My opinion is worth nothing more than your opinion, and both of our opinions together aren't worth anything. Yeah. No, no. Well, I see it. No one cares. It's what I think about. No one cares. Doesn't matter. Can't go to the wall and think. Can't go to the kingdom of God on what I think. Build the kingdom of God, the foundation of the word of God. We build the church of Jesus Christ, not on what our opinion of it is. Well, here's what I think. Well, you know what? I just think if we do that, no one cares what you think about the church. It's not your church. It's not my church. It's his church. I just think the church is. No one cares. No one cares what you think the church is or how the church is. What's God say church? It's supposed to be a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. God's a fortified place. Place of safety and security. You know what? I, I want to get to the point where our kids can be in a home or be in the house of God or be somewhere and feel safe. Amen. Amen. And feel safe. I got to keep moving. I'm not going. I thought we were going to go today. But in chapter 14, this is what I love. In the midst of the, well, the, the chapter 4, moving verse, uh, let's see here, 17, just for a couple verses, I'll read you. Verse 17 says, those who were rebuilding the wall and those who carried the burdens loaded themselves so that everyone worked with one hand and held a weapon with the other. Every builder had his sword secured at his side as he built and the one who sounded the trumpet to summon the troops stood at my side. Here's what happened. He said, everybody, Nehemiah said, we're going to build this wall, but you got to build this wall ready for battle. You build and build and build, and you need to be building. You need to be building your wall. You need to be building the, 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 the boundaries of your life. Church lost its boundaries. How I many I know what happens to a kid without boundaries? Anybody ever see what happens to a kid without boundaries? Guess what happens to the church world without boundaries? Guess what happens to our kids without boundaries? Listen, there were very definite boundaries in the home I grew up in. There were very, very definite boundaries in the home that I grew up in. They were set based off the Bible. And they were there. And I knew they were there. And I could bump into them as much as I wanted to. And guess what? They didn't move. They didn't move. And when I decided in my life to walk out of those boundaries, I had to walk out the door. But when I wanted to come back, <coughs> we need to welcome the prodigals home if they'll come through the door. Yeah. Right. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I can get right back into the, the, the walls that were built around my family and around my home. I can get back to those boundaries, but you know I had to come through? Through the same door I went out through. As <laughs> Johnny, I just want to reach all the all the prodigals who are away from God. We listen; they are all welcome to walk right back through the same door. Because they don't come through that door, they ain't come home anyhow. Yeah. 
But what had happened is Nehemiah said, listen, we're going to be attacked. What we're going to have, we got a guy with a horn. Yeah, I'm yeah. on. Oh, you almost said, Ball, Michael. Said, be building your section. Weapon in one hand, hammer in the other. You got to be, if you're going to build the kingdom of God, you got to be ready to work in war. Yeah, right. Hammer in one hand, sword in the other. Work in war. But he said, now listen. We don't know where the attack might come from. And we spread out, working on our section of the wall. But he said, if you hear the horn, you drop the hammer and come running with the sword to where you hear the horn. But what he said is, we all got to build our own section. But if the enemy attacks one section, he attacks the all. Yeah. 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 So they, he, he said, listen, they, Nehemiah, Nehemiah's world, there wasn't no freeloaders. You had a hammer and a sword. You was working and you was warring. See, my vision for this church, we, we ain't going to be no freeloaders. There's plenty of churches. If you want to go be a freeloader, have at it. We're here to work in war. We're here to work in war. Preach myself, Chapter 5, something happens. Usury is abolished. Nehemiah gets wind. Now watch this now. I told you. Jerusalem. I'm going to show you right through these next few chapters. Jerusalem surrendered its walls. It began to play the game that the world plays. Nehemiah found out that the people of God were charging excessive interest to their own people. You know what you say? You say usury should happen in the house of God. Yeah, it shouldn't. If you loan to your brother, there shouldn't be interest on you. How do you know that? The Bible says that. Bible says But they were they were they were loaning money to the brother brothers to pay taxes to the king, and then they were charging the le the, 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 the less fortunate and the, and the poor the taxes to pay it back to them. He said, "You're acting like there's no difference." Let me get where I'm at, because I know ain't many, we ain't loaning a bunch of money to each other in here. I'm not talking about that. Why don't you understand? He said, there's a difference in the way you treat the people of God and the way the world treats you. The Bible says do good to everyone, but especially, especially those of the household of faith. If I'm better than people that I meet in the world that are not saved than I am to the people in the house of God, that is a wrong thing. Amen. If I'm more apt to give to somebody standing on the street corner with their hand out than I am to bless someone in the house of God, I'm wrong. Amen. Oh, but they don't have nothing. Ain't point. What's your point? Well, they just, they don't have nothing. Okay. My 
first responsibility is the household of faith. You know why? You know why God says that? Because if you're going to plant seed, He'd like you to plant it in good ground. Amen. If you want to buy somebody another bottle of whiskey, go ahead and do it. I'm just being, I'm just showing empathy. Can I tell you something? You know the word empathy doesn't show up in the Bible. Pity does. If you want to do it out of pity, have at it. You don't put yourself in their position. Doesn't show up. Well, I just want to help. So continue to keep that person in the same mess they're in as your way of helping. Well, I just don't sound very nice. I don't sound very Christian. You know that is Christian. Right. Amen. Amen. See, what the problem is, is we don't have any idea what a Christian is anymore. We've allowed the world to dictate what Christian means. That's right. Amen. So you're just being kind. Not really. You know what's not kind? Letting someone who's suffering some severe mental illness wander the streets. That's not kind. That went, that went over good, didn't it? I'd rather take $100 out of my pocket and give it to Terry Farrington than anybody I see standing on the street. Oh, boy. Amen. Why? That's good ground. You know why? I know him. I know he gives everybody he gets a chance to. That's harvest coming up. That's good ground. That's blessing those who are blessed. That's blessing the household of faith. Oh, no, I ain't going to do that. They don't look sad enough. <laughs> well, you would say that out loud. That's what you think. He said, you treat, he said, you treat each other just the way that the, the, the wicked's treated. You act in the same way to one another that the wicked acts towards you. You're taking advantage of your own brother. So he said, we're done with that. He said, that's abolished. Can't do that no more. <coughs> Chapter 6, they finished the wall. Well, I'll tell you something else that happens in between there. The guys who didn't think they'd ever finish the wall realize they're going to finish the wall. Yeah. yeah. And they come to him and say, hey, 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 come on down here, let's talk about this. See, the same people that ridicule you don't think, oh, that ain't going to work. Then they begin to see your house get in order. And some of them will be happy for you, but a lot of them will try to tear you down. And Nehemiah said, no, I got busy work. I got, I got hard work I got to get done. I ain't coming off the wall. Y'all just do what y'all got to do. See, once you make a commitment to be on the wall, to be working on the wall, to be fortifying the wall, you can't come off the wall. You can't come off the wall. So they finished the wall. And this is what was so astonishing to me about this. Oh, but we won't. Everybody, we just we needed to reach everybody, like I said, to bring them to work. But you know what happened immediately upon the wall being finished? In droves, the exiles and captives begin to come home. Oh. 
Those who stood afar off and thought there's nothing there to go back to. Looked and saw, oh, they've done this. They've rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. And as they filed up, woo, Nehemiah told them, the gatekeepers. See, we talk about it in the garrison being a watchman on the wall. On what wall? Men of faith, you're supposed to be a gatekeeper. You know why our, our homes are in a shambles? Because the men who are supposed to be the gatekeepers have stopped keeping the gate. Amen. I might upset somebody. Listen, if you're a man in here, you ain't never upset your children or your wife, then you ain't much of a man. It's true. Yes, sir. That's true. That, oh, hold on. <laughs> I'm, right there you I'm gonna get a high five right here. Thank you. Y'all gotta understand something. I'd be free when I'm preaching. If, I, if y'all sitting there like bumps on log, I just leave both boys. <laughs> you know why? Because that right there is the banner that I gotta carry. And I look and I see him. He's nodding just like my daddy be doing nodding right over there if he was still sitting there. Because it's true. But he said, he's over the gatekeepers. He said, don't open the gates yet. He said, don't open the gates yet. We got to make sure that all those that are coming in belong. Because you want to know a surefire way to tear your gate, tear your wall up? Let somebody in that don't belong. Let folks in that don't belong. There's people in my life, there's people in your life that you build a wall as much as you want to, and at night when you sleep, they go take you down, brick by brick. Listen, there's people in my life I will minister to outside of the wall, but I do not let them inside of So they, the first round of exiles returned. You list all of them. How many there were? Where they came from? Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people. They didn't go get them. Soon as they knew that the standard had been rebuilt. People said, we got to reach the young generation. Let me tell you how you reach the young generation. You ready? True. True. Not trying to compete with the way the world does. Truth. That's how you reach the young generation. They are searching for truth. They want truth. They want tangible, real truth. Right. You know, I read this. I read this week. You know, the most popular thing among young men in America is that are turning to religion. The actual Latin Mass in the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Not the modern Mass, not modern Mass. The Mass conducted in Latin. Mm-hmm. But here's why it touches them, it's genuine, <coughs> it's something real to them. Religion is erroneous. I don't have to pray for anyone. The Bible tells me that. 
But they, the young men are not being drawn to the modernists. Because they don't ever see anything. What speaks to the heart of the young people? Truth. Truth. Something real. Listen, I've alone said stop being cool. I don't even want to be cool. To be cool, you have to dress like a woman in the world we live in. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I'm dead serious. Y'all seen some women consider to be cool preachers? That dude's wearing a blouse. That is not a shirt. That is a woman's blouse. And y'all be almost wearing leggings. I'm about 100% out on that. I'm never going to be cool don't want to be cool. But I tell you what, we have young people in this church like Michaela. <coughs> and Wednesday night, I can look at the window of her car and speak truth to her. And watch tears well up in her eyes. I ain't cool. We're not cool. Church ain't cool. It's not supposed to be. Our church is cool, no, it's not. It's not. Church is cool. It's not supposed to be cool. Church is cool, is not church. Church is true. It's not a church. It's honest. It's direct. Listen, I, I listen to people sometimes preach. I don't even know what they say. So tell me, tell, just tell me what you're trying to say. They wander around through what feels like some type of a philosophical maze to get to a point that they use some illustration. It's like, I don't even know what you mean. Right. Just be direct. Just tell me. Don't worry about that. I don't know anything but direct. I fell out of a directory. That's just so. They, they go through and they show you all the people who showed up and all the gifts that were brought. Because if people didn't want to come back to the house of God, come back to the people of God without bringing something. But you know what it ceased? You know what it ceased in Jerusalem? Here's what it ceased. Sacrifices had ceased. Watch this. Respect for the Sabbath had ceased. They were going outside of those city walls and as vendors would come in with stuff, they were going out and buying things on the Sabbath and trading dollars and, 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 and exchanging product on the Sabbath just like it was any other day. Right at the walls of the, of the city that were going to be torn down, they were offending God. Why are the walls there if you're just going to conduct business the way everybody outside of them conducted business? Well, after long, they weren't there. The other thing that was going on is, uh, is the, the men, the, the young young women and the young men of the children of uh, the people of Jerusalem, the children, the children of Israel, were marrying the world. I want to show you what he's talking about there because he's not just talking about the physical marriage. He's talking about the joining of themselves together. 
He said, why do you need the walls if, if your children are marrying themselves to the Moabites? You know what Moab is in this Old Testament, right? It's a, it's a picture, it's an image of sin. So he said, if your children are marrying sin, why do you need the walls? You can't even keep the sin out of the walls because you bring it in with you. You can't keep the, you know, we can't keep the, 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 the ways the world operates different from the scriptures out of the church. We bring it in. We buried ourselves to it. This is not happy. Y'all may think I'm crazy. Thank you. At least I got one or two votes that I'm not. So watch what happens. Chapter 9. The people confess their sin. You know what? I didn't cover this, but you know what happened in chapter 1? Nehemiah confessed his. Nehemiah repented for his failures. I'm going to tell you something. This week, you need to go home. I'm going to go home. We need to go home. We need to repent of our failures. We need to repent of our failures. Where we failed the Word of God. Where we make choices that are not yoked up with the things of God. But he said, listen, Nehemiah said, we got the wall built, but we ain't fixed the problem. He said, we built the physical wall. But the problem that caused the wall to collapse in the first place still exists. So here's what I'm telling you. We've watched the collapse of the church of Jesus Christ. And we can go back to make an outward showing. But if we don't, we don't fix the heart, If we don't fix the desire to ignore the Sabbath, the day of God. So what's the Sabbath? It's a day set aside to worship God, to rest, to think about and honor God. You know what it is in our world? Another day. Didn't used to be that way. You know, it used to be open on the Sabbath. Nothing. Most of my life, my mama cooked a big old pot roast on Sunday. She put it in the crock pot and cooked it on Sunday for dinner. You know why? Restaurants weren't open. How do we expect people in the world to respect the day of God like they used to if we don't? I told y'all before, we didn't play ball on Wednesday nights when I was playing baseball. You know why? No one would have showed up. There'd be, there'd be congregations that are missing half their congregation because the kids are playing baseball on Sunday. Oh, it's not that important. Not if you're as long as you're okay with tearing down all the walls. Being besieged by the enemy. 
See, you know, it wouldn't matter if they played baseball whenever I was a kid on Sunday. Guess who wouldn't play? You know why? Couldn't get through that wall boundary. Because there was the, the, the eastern wall, the eastern front said, Thou shalt go to church when the doors are open. <laughs> and here's the thing we know it was there. What no discussion about it. Anthony was telling me when his kids were young, they weren't allowed to spend the night with anybody on Saturday night. They could come spend the night with them, and that meant they'd go to church with them. Right. Bring you some church clothes. Tear that wall down. Enemy has access to the kids. Tear another wall down. Actually, my kids may not like me. Who cares? Who cares? If I do that, my kid won't like me. Well, I don't want my kid to go to hell. I'd rather my kid really dislike me really dislike me than my kid to turn their back on God and burn in the devil's hell. Amen. If you're a parent, you, your number one job as a parent is that you get your child to heaven. Amen. And do everything possible to get them there. If your kids aren't serving God, you ought to be wearing, wearing holes in the floor and a carpet at your house on your knees. People repent of their sins. In chapter 9, a new covenant result between them and God. Chapter 10, they sign a document. People of Jerusalem sign a document. And this is what the document says. Verse 28. Now the rest of the people, the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, the temple servants, and all those who had separated themselves from the people of the lands to the law of the Lord. Those who had separated themselves from the people of the land to the law of the Lord. They made a choice to separate themselves from everybody else. You know what the word sanctified means? They made a decision to set themselves apart from the people of the land to the law of the Lord. And this is what they did. It says, Law Lord, their wives, their sons, their daughters, and all those who had knowledge and understanding are joining with their fellow Israelites, their nobles, and are taking on themselves a curse and an oath to walk in God's law, which was given through Moses, the servant of God, and to keep and to observe all the commandments of God our Lord and his ordinances and statutes, and that we will not give our daughters as wives to the people of the land or take their daughters for our sons. Say, so, well, I'll I, I take people out of marry who they want to marry. The Bible says, be not unequally yoked together. Say something, if you are a young lady, if you marry a man who is not a faithful servant of the living God, you are setting yourself up for a horrific life. Men, if you choose a woman who is not serving God with all of her heart, you are setting yourself up for a world of misery. So well, God can fix it. Yeah, but why start with it broken? 
But what they, more, more than that, what they said was, we're not going to allow the outside inside. So we, too, we spent too much time building the boundaries to let hormones tear it down. If you so and so, if you in such a big hurry to get married, if you in such a big hurry to marry somebody, then they serving God is simply because you and He. That's all it is. That's it. That's all it is. One hundred percent. If I ain't got time to wait around on what God has sent me, that's a me problem. I just listen, you and he. Let me tell you how marriages are started in heat in. In ice. But he said, we're not going to bring the outside inside. Do y'all know that the church is called to go into the world? Not called to have the world come into the church. We have rewrote the book. Do you know the New Testament church folks were getting saved in the church house? They were getting saved in the marketplace and in the schools and then they were coming. To the church house. But it's easier to do it this way. Not really. Do you know that, that, that having sinners come to a church house is the absolute worst form of evangelism there is? Yes, sir. It is the least impactful version of evangelism that exists. You know the most, most impactful, most effective way is marketplace ministry. You lead the person who you work with to the Lord. You lead the customer of yours to the Lord. You lead a family member around a table at Thanksgiving dinner to the Lord. Verse 30 says, We won't give our sons and daughters to the people, the people of the land. As for the peoples of the land who bring merchandise or any grain on the Sabbath day to sell, we will not buy from them on the Sabbath or on a holy day, and we will not give up grazing crops during the seven. We will give up grazing crops during the seventh year, leaving the land uncultivated, and forgive every day. They said, "We'll, we'll go back to the year Jubilee." I'm gonna stop there. I got a couple to say. We'll finish that next week because we're gonna go all the way through Nehemiah. So I'm telling you something. That is the foundation of how you rebuild. But an interesting fact in that whenever Nehemiah saw him selling outside of the wall, he went out and actually physically whipped their butt. You read across it. It made him so so righteously angry that they were setting up shop right on the right on the walls. They were being rebuilt. It said he went out, I mean it says it says he beat on them with his fist and pulled out handfuls of their hair. <laughs> I mean, Nehemiah opened up a can. That's what happened. <laughs> uh, you know what, though? Several thousand years later, there was also a man named Jesus yeah. who walked into a temple 
and flipped over tables and fashioned a whip and chased a bunch of money changers out of the house of God. You know why? It's disrespectful to God. Sabbath's not any old day. Today's not any old day. Today's not the day you catch up on the work that you didn't get done. It's a day to reflect on the goodness of God. It's a day to worship God. You know, across this country, you know, you know, you know what Sunday is in our world? Football day. Football day. That's what it is. So we've created a culture that worships a bunch of derelicts who beat their wives and girlfriends. Hey, I'm going all in. Y'all just might as well just march up. And so our whole culture now, now is, 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 is watching and idolizing a bunch of people that ain't, that ain't worth you idolizing. On God's day, That's fine, man. Listen, if you like football and you want to watch a bunch of overpaid idiots play football, have fun. But it can't take the place same church world can't sit in a service for more than an hour. But they can sit in a recliner and watch a bunch of idiots play football for, for seven hours. And be sad when it's over because they watched every game. And then they watched the nighttime game. And then they watched every game. No, no, I'm not talking about every, no, it's every game. They watch every game. Every, then this one, then the afternoon, then the night one. But here's my thing. Here's, here's, listen to what people say. I'm not, I'm, they say, if you don't watch football, watch football. Me and professional sports split ways several years ago. I get tired of watching overpaid babies cry about stuff they ain't got no business crying about. Right. But that's what our world honors. Unfortunately, it's also what our church world honors. <coughs> Just tearing down a wall a little bit at a time. Tearing down a wall. Worshiping the idols of the lands. Y'all heard me say it. People, they all kind of chuckle. But if you if you come in here and you can't be raucous and rowdy and loud for God, I'm just not that emotional. This college football season in the South. I know better than that. Fortunately, I live a long way from many of my neighbors, but I used to. You could hear your neighbor yelling. Church people, pumped up, yelling, screaming. Imagine what church would be like if, if Facebook feeds during church services. Look like Facebook feeds during football season. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, man, I'm so glad I don't have Facebook. When I had it, you got the color commentary about every dummy who's ever played without a football in their life telling you what the coach ought to do. That coach just don't know what he's talking about. I'm like, well, I'm sure they'll call you up, check with you. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. 
that the guy that paid seven million dollars to to do the job, I'm sure they're gonna call you, Mr. Unqualified Armchair Quarterback. And man, listen, if they just do this, oh please. I think just don't do this well. Okay, whatever. But can you imagine if, if, if social media was alive as the word of God? Amen. The way it's alive as the word of Nick Saban? It's true. If you get every Christian who's an Alabama fan and put something about Jesus off and they put roll tide, the world would be saved. Listen, I, yeah, I don't care if people like it or not, it's true. It's true. You know why we bought into that system? We bought into that system. We bought into that system. Nehemiah went to rebuild the hearts of people. If we want to see, we want to see a revival in the world in, the, in, in this world, we've got to first rebuild right. the house of God. Right. You say, well, that's a big job. It starts with each one of us building ourselves. Starts with each one of us establishing boundaries. Cody, the survival of your children will rely on the boundaries you build. Period. Period. I was a lot of years older before I actually knew what was and wasn't unacceptable. <coughs> My daddy had to tell me for a long time. My daddy had to tell me for a long time. The virtue he had will come from y'all. Yeah. Character he had will come from y'all. Yeah. His understanding of godly principles. Yeah. Because as cute as he is, he was born a sinner. As adorable and beautiful and sweet and innocent as he is right now, he was born into the Adamic race. And it's hard to imagine that. To realize that when you look at your child. But then you understand the gravity of the job of the parent. To instruct, while the Bible says for fathers to give their sons sound doctrine. Most people don't even know what the word doctrine means. Don't ask most people who go to church what the word theology means. What's your church's doctrine? What do you believe? I don't know. What do you believe? Well, well, I, I just think that, 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 that God loves everybody and I love everybody. Oh, hot <laughs> Put that on t-shirt. If you want it. Good news is this, God does love everybody. And you're called to love everybody. But you got to understand what love everybody means. We'll dig some more in Nehemiah next week, so I expect to have half a crowd. <laughs> no, I believe in y'all. I know that y'all want y'all want to serve God. Y'all want y'all want to y'all want revival in the church. Amen. Restoration in the church world. 
I, I'm going to tell you this, and some stuff we're going to talk about this week, next week, for the five, for several weeks to come, will not be easy. It's not easy for me. It's very difficult when God begins to point out places where you're wrong. And I'm going to tell you this, rebuilding the wall is hard work. Hard work. You get some sore muscles doing this. You get some blisters on your hands. You get some dirt in your mouth. It's not for the weak of heart. But at the end of the day, we're putting back the walls of the Church of Jesus Christ. That is, the Church of Jesus Christ is the most powerful force on the face But we can't fix anything else until we fix us. Amen. Pastor Johnny, I'm a pretty good person. I, I tell you what, I believe everybody in this room is saved and loved and born. I believe they're good people. But I know that we let things last. Men who were here last Wednesday night, please be back this Wednesday night. I promise we will not dig in anything any worse than we dug into last night. But if you're a man of God and you want to be tested, you want to be tested, and if you're a man and you don't want to be tested, you ain't being much of a man. Every man should want to be tested. Every man should test themselves. But if you want to be tested, you need to be in this room on Wednesday night. Period. Because what we're doing in here is iron sharpening iron. And what's coming on Wednesday, we're going to get into some, some deeper versions of what we got into last Wednesday. It may be just as uncomfortable. Probably be just as, as politically incorrect as last Wednesday was. So listen, listen, y'all ain't got a pastor who ever be politically correct because all I care about being is biblical. Amen. They don't ever line up, though. No. You can't like that. That's a, that is the square peg in the round hole. You never put that in there. But we're testing. I, I mean, I know the women are doing the exact same thing. I'm not saying they're not. I'm just, I, 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 I'm not able to agree. <laughs> <laughs> Might have been a women's group last night, then I'd have got rolled out. We need the men of God to be the gatekeepers. Mm -hmm. It encourages my heart to see how many people are showing up on this. And I'm gonna keep talking about that because if you're not if you're not here for that, here for that, you are missing an unbelievable blessing. 
you're missing an unbelievable blessing being a part of the men and women and the young people of this Warriors and Missionettes of developing a generation of Christ followers. You say, so you sound like it's it, it, you're a guy, I'm not in the women's ministry, not in the women's group, I'm sure it's the same way. You, know, you sound like you step on a lot of toes in the men's ministry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. We stomp all over. Yeah. We stomp on all the toes. Every now and then we just take turns kicking each other in the behind. So why? Because we want to make strong men. Because we want to make strong men. I'm not interested in petting the cat. Because most of the time the cat's walking the, walk the wrong way. The reason petting the cat's easy is because you pet it down, down first. You start petting up first. So we talk about, well, we ruffle some feathers. Wednesday nights are ruffle feather nights. Why? It's how we grow. It's how we grow. Raise your hand if you want a stronger home. Raise your hand if you want a stronger family. Stronger marriage. Raise your hand if you want a marriage. Um, but if your marriage is still better, have your hand up. Some of y'all just made the wrong announcement. Y'all sit back down, we gotta go again. If I got that many if I got if I got that many if I got that many hands jumped down about how many of y'all want a marriage and if the married folks got sit y'all better listen. Sit back down, those of y'all in the hour. We got another hour or something. So. Now, how many how many of y'all how many y'all want a stronger marriage? Yeah, you, know you get it? Follow the dictates of the word of God. You want me to tell you the fastest way to win get your marriage? Listen to what society says about gender roles. Uh, that's a whole other sermon. I can't preach on that one. Don't worry, I'm going to. I got one. Hey, listen, I got, I got a. Listen, if I ain't made you mad this morning, I got a hum dinger coming. <laughs> but you know why I'm going to tell you what the Bible says about it? Because I love you. Because I want the marriages in this church to be the strongest marriages in this town. I won't raise the children to be the strongest. Listen, people, let me tell you something. I, I'm telling you, when I tell you that, I'm going to preach on strong marriages. Don't amen yet, because I ain't started. <laughs> we have strong marriages, strong homes, strong men, strong women, strong children. Right, I have a quick thought there, so. Lord, we love you this morning. God, we thank you for your word. God, I thank you for your people, God. People with hearts turned towards you, God. Servants' hearts. God, hearts of love towards you. Want to, want, to, want to please you, God. Want to have the faith that pleases God. Want to walk in ways worthy of the calling we receive. Lord, that you keep your hand upon us as we leave this place, God. Lord, you give us divine appointments, God, to further your kingdom for your glory. Lord, that every person in this house could be used, God, by you for your purpose, your destiny, your plans. Lord, we could be a shining example to the world around us, God. We can, Lord, have those boundaries established that, they don't, that no one crosses, we don't cross, but with a, a big door that is a man named Jesus. And Lord, we just love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name.
Amen. 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 If the was naked, you could be dismissed.